What's up? What's happening? Welcome to episode 22 of the Yankshaft F1 podcast, a group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really fast. Joining me today, we've got a special guest. We have uh, Josh Neighbors. He is the host of the Locked On Big 12 podcast, the Locked On Nationals podcast, and uh, does some radio work as well, I believe, Josh. Give, give, give yeah, yourself associate a better producer, introduction. Yeah, associate producer for SiriusXM, other college sports channels. But the two things I want to plug, and I plug them at all, uh, Locked On Nationals and also Locked On Big 12 are the two podcasts that I do. Gotcha. Yeah, a, a big uh, fellow fellow DC DC man. Yes. Um, we will get into the the cars going vroom vroom. But have you seen the uh, the new Wizards uh, City Edition uniforms that dropped? Uh, I I have seen them. I I've enjoyed the new Wizards team more than anything else. The new Wizards team is fun. They're they've got depth. They win basketball games, and uh, that's the exciting part. And also, the jerseys look awesome. Yep. Couldn't have said it any better. I am uh, enjoying the ride. Hopefully they can keep it up. But moving on to the speedy race cars and the men uh, who drive them. What a crazy season it has been. Uh, let's let's kind of touch briefly on the the U.S. Grand Prix from Austin. Um, it was a an awesome race. And like more so than that, it was just like an awesome spectacle. Like we didn't get. We didn't get the race last year because of the pandemic, um, but everyone kind of knew that the excitement about F1 had been growing in America, you know, largely thanks to, you know, Drive to Survive and all of that, but we hadn't really gotten to see it. And then like in, quantifiably, and then we saw, I think it was 400,000 fans throughout mm -hmm. the weekend in Austin, which unofficially is the biggest crowd at a race weekend ever in Formula One. Um, so it was just it's awesome nuts. to see, awesome race. What what was your your experience like watching watching this weekend? Yeah, so I I think I think a couple things here. Number one, like there's been a whole lot of talk where it's like, oh, Netflix has driven all of this. Um, that's partially true, but also like the the Formula One itself has to deliver once the fans are there, and I think that's one thing that especially this year, if people are joining this year, is that it's delivered so well. And I, I don't know if you knew people who were there, but I I saw actually some friends I like you know I hadn't talked to in a while. They were just they were there and they're yeah, like, same i oh, saw you know? on facebook like the next day yeah, yeah. i was like whoa snaps uh, i was on uh you know people snap stories they were there checking it out whether it be practice or they were you know and there's people live in austin some people went to the actual you know the race or qualifying whatever it was and that's the big part is like f1 has delivered off of off of you now i also think too like if you watched last year it was great to have a live sport back um i had a tradition of every single morning waking up on sunday and my uh, I work nine to 12 on Sundays. My mom would make waffles on Sunday mornings. So it was a family thing. Like if our, my family would sit there and I would work this show and sit at the kitchen table and we'd all eat breakfast and we'd watch Formula One. Um, and so that kind of became part of the routine. And I think that's one big thing, to, thing too, is that it fits in really predominantly to, to the schedule of a lot of us. Um, you know, the Austin weekend, I felt like it was important to watch. And so even though, the qualifying was taking place during college football games. I made it a point to watch. And then also on Sunday, I didn't have anything else on. I just had the race on at three o'clock. I know a lot of people are NFL fans, but it felt like it was such an important moment in the sport. And the NFL games were actually really crappy that weekend too. Yeah, all the so bye felt, weeks. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a bad week of football and it was a great week of F1. So I think it was a culmination of a lot of things. But it, most of all, it shows that F1's delivered off of drive to survive because i think you can tell the the people in formula one aren't the most fond of drive to survive i think they've heard about it so much so often that it's become overkill but i think there's a new appreciation for it now they come to the u.s 
and see what it's helped them create in some ways. Yeah, I think it's that's a really good point where, yeah, the, the guys that they're probably kind of sick of hearing about it, you know, and, and they've got all these all these new like casual fans that maybe right. they, they don't really have respect for and they don't think that they appreciate the sport. Um, but getting to come and kind of see see the fruits of that, you know, in 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 Texas, it, it was kind of weird, though, because like you said, the the morning routine, it's become part of that. So it was like ironic that that the the u.s grand prix which i was like the most excited for was like right. kind of the most inconvenient one to watch yeah like i was because i work i work weekends as well in the evening so i was like watching on my phone and i was like man like this this stinks like i know it's awesome for everybody else but like it was the one weekend i like couldn't actually watch um watch on time but no i think i think you made some some great points about the the just all the all the new fans and uh and it, it's yeah it's just great i think it does really fit in with like it doesn't it doesn't impact your day. Like you, you, you start your day with it here in America. And right. it's like, it's, it's, it's a, for me personally, like, you know, working late, like it's easy for me to fall asleep late and then wake up late. You know, like I could just be on a late schedule, but when it's a, a grand prix weekend, like I'm waking up early to watch formula one, like, no, like it, it, it's a reason to get up, start your day. And then it's like, you know, 10 AM and you're done and you have the rest yeah. of your day ahead of you. So it's a, it's just a, a, a good a good thing for americans to to get into there the race itself um max i mean what a what a race from him like this was like like a, this has been a mercedes track at coda mm -hmm. um they've had pole every year since like of the turbo hybrid era mercedes has had pole at circuit of the americas max steals it from him checo almost had it at one point and then and then good strategy from red bull and i mean it it, it was like red bull had like a Mer mercedes-esque weekend like yeah. strategy wise they were brilliant all weekend um i the ending was really interesting the the part where obviously towards the back end max gets drs off yeah. of nick schumacher yeah. <laughs> and and it turns out you know lewis crossed the detection zone he's not in drs range and so you think about that and how much it affected it i I thought Lewis was going to catch Max. I thought Max was done. Yeah. After the pit stop. And mm -hmm. this, this is the uh, people don't realize. And, and I got into uh, motorsports pretty late in the game, but I've got a great friend here who is a huge NASCAR fan and uh, watched with him during the pandemic. NASCAR is actually pretty big for me too, because it was one of the few sports that was going, obviously they could do it. Mm -hmm. And you realize while you're watching what a team sports, a team sport motorsports is. Um, those guys drill, I mean, you know, physically and also, you know, drilling wise, they drill it, they drill drilling in the, you know, the tires, all those kinds of things. They work on it. And Lewis had a pretty pronounced uh, last pit stop advantage. I think his was like two, four and Max's yeah. was two, eight, maybe. Which is and bad for Red Bull standards. Bad for Red Bull. It's four tenths of a second, four mm. tenths in a, you know, a, a dead heat of a race at that point. And I thought, man, that's probably the extra push you need. But there was some shenanigans. It felt like the Haas's, as always, had their role to play towards the end, whether it be slowing people up or, you know, giving Max. I mean, they slowed Max up, and then eventually also gave Max the DRS advantage, which was very. Yeah, um, I feel like it kind of evened out. Yeah, it kind of evened end, out yeah. there. But, um, yeah, it was an absolutely compelling race. But I thought Lewis had him, and Max was just, he, he was, the hammer was down for him. I mean, you, you could just tell he was locked in. And uh, it looked like Lewis was falling back just a little bit to recharge the battery. And that final push just wasn't there. If yeah. it was one it was one more lap, he would have gotten him probably. Yeah. But that final push just wasn't there for him. And now we head to Mexico City, which is a it should be potentially a Red Bull track. And 
I'm not saying it's Lewis's title yet, or it's, it's Max's title just yet, but it's, it's trending that way. It's trending that way. This, this weekend should, should tell us a lot um, that, I mean, well, we were just saying how, you know, Coda's always been a Mercedes track and then Red Bull takes it. So like Mexico's always a Red Bull track, but mm-hmm. clearly nothing matters in 2021. It's just going to be chaos the entire time. But yeah, I mean, it, I thought, I thought just touching on the end of the race, Max, it looked like Max was letting Lewis get right up to that point. And Max kept just enough life in those tires, just enough in the tank where when he had to, he had to, you know, defend, really defend and give it everything in the last couple laps. And that's like that next level of driving where it's Mm -hmm. not just about being able to go fast, but it's like, Hey, this is your last stint. You've got maybe the greatest driver of all time coming up behind you. You need to manage this perfectly drive, maybe five tenths off your pace, keep your tires and survive for a final push. And he, and he, it was a masterclass. Like it was, it was, I just, it's great seeing Max be able to do all this stuff. We know he's talented, but it's just, it, it, it's nice watching him kind of d- develop into like, I mean, it was, I think Matt Gallagher from WTF one called it like a champion's drive. Yeah. And who knows if he's going to win the title, but like those words have stuck with me like that. It, it, it felt like a champion's drive, whether he wins it or not. That was, that was what champions do in that situation. Well, it, you know, it's interesting because last year Lewis dusted it. I mean, dusted everybody pretty, you know, pretty soundly. And that was either everybody was kind of hoping and wishing that Max or, you know, maybe even Valtteri to some extent would give chase. And this year just kind of shows you how far the Red Bull car has come and shows you how far Max, I mean, Max and Lewis are just, uh, they're, they're just the, like, no way to say it. They're just the best. And, and that's pronounced, it was a pronounced gap that we saw this weekend, right? With how far Checo was yeah. behind them. It's like 50 seconds. It's or like behind his teammate. Yeah, yeah. These guys are just kicking yeah. everybody's ass. And yes, they have, they're on the best strategy, right? They, they have, you know, the best cars on the best strategy, but you know, people talk about this with, and I think it gets used to knock Lewis a lot. It takes somebody special to maximize mm. all of that. And that's every what he's done. week too. Every week he maximizes it. And also, it shows you how good these guys are. I'll go back to that race with 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 Lando, when Lando was leading right right after Russia, after, yeah, yeah. And you know, he makes the one mistake, and Lewis pit at the right time and resisted it, but but his team said no, you got to come in. He makes tire change. Lando falls back, and I mean, Lewis was all over it, and that's that's just what like winning teams do. My mom gets always so frustrated. She's not as into it as I am, but she gets frustrated because she's like, Lewis just always seems to be in the right position. Yeah. It's because that's what like winners do, right? It's we see all the time in American sports. If you're trying to pull an upset, you got to basically play a perfect game and hope the other team slips up. Mercedes is that team that doesn't, that they, they don't slip up very often. It was like hate I mean? watching Tom Brady, all those yes. years. Like, and he just yes, never, never lost. Like, he never, he never messes up, but it's like, yes, Mercedes. They, they really, and, and sure he's had some mess ups, but they always seem to have to come to come back the next week and correct the change. And that goes to what you're saying. Like, sure, Mexico City is supposed to be a Red Bull track, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, no, it's 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 been crazy, the, the adjustments that both teams have been able to make, because Mercedes basically said, like, they were done working on the 2021 car. They're focused on the regulation changes. 
whereas Red Bull were really focused on getting a title this year. They thought that, that you know, like the Honda engine's been great. They were like, mm-hmm. this is ours. We're going to keep working on it. But then Mercedes has made some adjustments. They've got some like interesting suspension jazz going on now. Like <laughs> there's, they're still going for the title now that like it's real and in front of them, they're, they're still making changes to that car to, to really try to fight it. But it, to your point, like it, it's, we've seen great title battles in the past you know, come down to the final weekend. But a lot of them have been like, there's been mistakes along the way. There's been like, you know, teams where like the Lando Norris is like spinning out in the rain, like where, you know, the the title leader has done that. Like we haven't seen those mistakes from Mercedes or Red Bull. Like the only times that it's happening, they're they're both involved. Like it's been the, the crashes with mm-hmm. them. Max, uh, well, I was going through the results earlier. The only races this year where Max has scored under 18 points. So worse than second place are a DNF in Baku. That's where his tire blew up when he was going, which to win was that. yeah. Going to win the race. Absolute that was Pirelli. Force. Like, yeah, that, yes. not the team, not him. Just nonsense. Uh, Silverstone where Lewis, I mean, I put that crash mostly on Lewis where Lewis knocks him off and we'll get into this later, but that was the potentially a huge turning point in the season that weekend. Um, Hungary, where Valtteri Bottas just went full Valtteri bowling ball into yeah, I, that one, everyone. We, that was like me in F1, the game, when I'm angry, and you just drive straight yeah. going into a turn. That's what yeah, it was. in the rain, and you're just like, oh, God, it's too late, and yeah. you crash into everybody, and then you hit the rewind button, you know, and, and try you're to get <laughs> And uh, Spa, he scored 12 and a half points because the race didn't yeah. happen, so he got half points. And Monza, where that one, probably his fault, where he crashed into Lewis, um, but so so outside outside of Monza, like like there's no there hasn't been a single race weekend where Max finished lower than second, like through his own fault. Like it, it's just, it was Lewis crashing into him, the tire blowout that was mostly Pirelli's fault, and then Bottas taking him out, and then Spa. I won't even count against him, but technically he scored fewer than eighteen points, so I had to include it. Like it, he has not made a mistake. Like it felt like every single week well, I'm going through my driver rankings, and it's like Max was perfect. But he's still mm-hmm. only twelve points up on Lewis Hamilton. Twelve points is nothing in this sport when you can you can make up so much so much ground. Um, it's 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 just been incredible. Um, the remaining schedule we've got mm. uh, Mexico coming up this upcoming weekend. Uh, then we head to I believe there's a week off, and then we head to Brazil. Brazil or no, yeah. it's not a week off. It's uh, straight it, to Brazil. Yeah, I, I actually thought they were three straight, but they do get a week off right now, and they'll hit those two back. To back. Yeah, Mexico, then Brazil um, at Interlagos, and then I don't think there's a week off in between Brazil and Qatar. There has to be. We, that's uh, let me let me verify there this right now. Be, I'll I'll, I'll cut be. this out. Um, there has I'm gonna to be cut a week out off. this time because when I looked it up earlier, I was like, oh, I guess there's not a week off. There is not a week off. You're, you're totally correct. You're totally Wait, correct. There is there is not so there is not a week off between so next week's Mexico. The following week is uh, Brazil. Yep. The week after that's going to be Qatar, and then you have a a week off between that and then Saudi Arabia and then uh the next week is Abu Dhabi yeah the the finale in Abu Dhabi so uh yeah the logistics of moving from Brazil to Qatar um in one week uh strikes me as as questionable um 
But the interesting thing about this remaining schedule, because five, like five races is a lot for 12 points. Like who knows how this is going to shake out. Yes. We kind of know maybe what we're going to see for a Mexico and Brazil. And I'm very excited for to, to see those tracks. Then it gets interesting because Qatar, I don't think we've, we've ever seen a race at that track before. Um, I, I have no idea what to expect. And then Saudi Arabia, apparently that track is like not even finished yet. Like I've seen some stuff on Twitter that, that right. the circuits like might not be ready. You know, you're all, and this is always a concern when you head to these countries uh, is that, you know, and look, I, I'm not sure how you feel about this. I am never a fan of these races. Uh, I'm not a fan of events. I'm not a fan when WWE goes there. I'm not a fan when boxing goes there. I'm not a fan when UFC goes there. They call it sports washing. I believe that's a term that we stole from the world, well, but it's been used by the British. Um, same thing happens when countries buy clubs like Newcastle, like PSG, like Man City. Um, and also the standards for labor are not yeah, high. Yeah, that's the biggest and and one of the and biggest. so completion of some of these state, you know, Qatar the twenty twenty two World Cup. Obviously, there's a lot of concern about that, and you have concerns over some of these tracks. You know, how are these things being put together? Um, the companies like F one, you're not going to hear them talk about it a whole lot, but the, I, I would be concerned if I am one of the teams about heading there and not knowing what to expect. Yeah, it's, I mean, they, I'm confident that they, like, won't, they won't race there unless it's in good condition, you know, and, and, and and it's, they shouldn't race there at all, but yeah, they they really shouldn't be, I mean, to get to fill it out with it, I mean, this is a, I think, I think Saudi Arabia or Qatar, one of the two is technically the replacement for Australia Mm -hmm. um, this year. It, to keep it at 22 races like look nobody asked for more than 20 races anyway like we don't yeah. we don't we don't need this and this yeah the swing of going yeah qatar to abu dhabi yeah i mean it's this it's the it kind of the same thing like we touched on this in our podcast about uh azerbaijan where like they have like the the worst uh like the worst record in the world as far as like jailing journalists and like mm-hmm. and then with saudi arabia you know, yeah saudi arabia the human right there there, I, there was something that came up in an article earlier i was looking at about about the like human rights concerns in in saudi arabia and you know formula one for for as much as they want to put you know hashtag we races one with rainbow flags everywhere um right you know they continually go to the you know money rules all and they they will continue to return to these countries that that do not have the same respect for a lot of the the groups that f1 you know, cares to and some of the tracks. I, do you, I mean, I don't like the Russian GP track. Um, so, Sochi is, is not a good track, objectively. I it's think. not a good track, and that's what when you go to Abu Dhabi, that's what that track is to me. It's basically a ride around. You know, their you know their version of the Olympic Village. Yeah. Um, Miami will end up being like that too. I, I don't like the fact that you know the parking lot tracks, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You call them that. Um, yeah, street circuits, street, street parking lots, street sometimes, you know? parking yeah. lots. Yeah, this isn't Monaco. Like real street, real street circuits are Monaco. I would say Azerbaijan to some extent is a yeah, yeah. Baku's got yeah, yeah. Oh, for they, sure, yeah. You know, they're on the streets in Baku there a little bit. Um, but yeah, these these are not places. Now, I I am a firm believer that they should finish out the season in. Um, I would like to see them finish it out in the U.S., Mexico, and then I think Brazil would be a fantastic I think they've done that in the past yes they you yeah. know they do north america and then down to brazil to finish right. the season i think that makes the most sense and yes. yeah i was kind of like surprised when i was looking up i was like we got five races left and they we're going we to the middle east the, the oil money swing to finish off yeah the, to finish off the year yeah i don't and the, the the timing of it is is just strange i mean i guess they know that the 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 weather is going to be good there and it was kind of on a on a weird schedule you know with covid still still being around right. but 
um it, it i just i don't i don't know what to what to expect um going back to you know like the the actual you know like performance here as, as opposed to the the politics of it um i just i don't know what to expect from qatar and saudi arabia so we got five races left two of the tracks are just like wild cards like i have no idea what's going to happen again 12 point lead who knows like I, I, I just, I don't even want to make a prediction. Like I, I, I want to, I, I think it's Max's title. I'm the only one who picked Red Bull to win before the season because mm. I'd seen so many good things from them in preseason testing. Um, but like, are you confident saying one way or the other? How you think this is going to shake out? I think Red Bull has the advantage in the next two places they go. Last time they raced in Brazil, Max got a win there. I know Lewis has won there. I think Lewis has won there twice, but He's just won there twice. Now, Mercedes has picked up a, a fair amount of victories there. Um, I think it's like, what is it, like four in the last six or seven years they picked up there? At Brazil. But, yeah, and in Brazil, yeah, I believe yeah. it's Mercedes is, is there. Uh, Mexico, I think it's going to be, I think, I think, I think, don't know. I think it's going to be a Red Bull track. So, I think with what we're seeing here in these next two, and to me, it's not like Max is dismissive of the pressure. If he's feeling it at all, he is not laying it on. You know, it just he's so casual in the post-race kind of conversations. Like, the only time he seems really hot is when he's mad about something in the car. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about you, Curtis. I can never understand what he's saying on this radio. He is the yeah. one driver where it's like, hey, hey, hey. and I'm like, is he, what's he saying? What is he mad about? I've got it's, absolutely it's, no And it's not even like an accent thing that much. It's, no, it's, it's, it's just his, it's like like his feedback. He's all over the place. Yeah. I think he's like eating the microphone, maybe. Yeah. It sounds like the mic is inside of his mouth when he's like, it, it, he's just like biting on it. I'm not sure. And then but, it's just, yeah, a calm voice telling him. Oh, all right. All right. We hear you, Max. We got yep. you. All right. all right. Keep going. Keep pushing. Um, I, yeah, I think, and so I, I think, and I'm not sure if you feel the same way, like the, the lack of pressure, it seems like that's falling upon him. He just seems so focused on maximizing each race. And I mean, that drive he had from 20th to second was, I think, maybe the one that, that shows the most. Yeah, just absolutely, I mean, so dialed in. He's so dialed in right now. I, I don't think their concentration breaks. I think he, he ends up getting a lead here in these next two races. And um, I, I'm, I'm confident I know what's going to happen up to the end of Brazil. And so if Max is in the lead after Brazil, I think he protects it. You never know when you hit the the uh, the oil money trio there at the end. It could be wild. Yeah, and when you've when you've got Lewis Hamilton and and yep and yeah, no that that drive from Max in Russia was was incredible because that that's what I was when I was you know looking up how many times he you know finished below second this year. I was like, well, I know he took an engine penalty at some point. How is this possible? And I was like, oh, he took his engine penalty in Russia, and then <laughs> and he was like on the second. early pit stop window. And you know, sure, he was he was going to finish like sixth or seventh um, before the the rain came, and he he got to kind of take advantage of that. But um, it was still an incredible drive, and and that's you know why we're at um, where we're at here. Um, we have seen uh, going through it five lead changes now this mm. season. With it's Lewis took the lead after the first race. Max took the lead back at Monaco when Lewis had all those issues. Lewis took it back at Hungary after Bottas took out both Red Bulls. Um, Max took it back in uh, in Holland, fittingly enough. Uh, and then Lewis took it back in in Russia, but just by a couple points. And then Max just took it back in in Turkey. Like I just I I can't believe uh, just how how incredible of a of a season we've gotten here. And hopefully the end of the season can uh, can kind of try to live up to that. I think Max, obviously Checo is going to be all in on this weekend, you know, in, in Mexico. Yeah. This, this, is, this is the hard weekend, right? For Red Bull. I, I, 
it's there's so much pressure uh, uh on Red Bull and I the only point I wanted to push back on is you were saying that Max you think Max doesn't isn't feeling the pressure at all in my mind I kind of see it as the uh, the complete opposite really? I think he is almost so feeling the pressure so much that he's not allowing himself to like really like feel anything else like it's not that he's casual it's that he he internally is dying and like has no room <laughs> for anything else in his consciousness because he's got like the weight of you know just on himself and he's got the weight of his you know his father I mean, fan, Christian Horner well, fans like, too his father yeah his his actual father and his, his actual his, father his, and his, his, father. his real his, father his, his father Christian Horner his daddy I, and his father yeah I think it's a very interesting point I just don't the, the problem I guess the reason why I don't agree with that is because it hasn't manifested itself at all. Now, maybe he spins and finds the wall and I'll be like, wow, Curtis had a great read on this. But he, whether it be in interviews afterwards, he just seems to have a really good handle on everything happening right now. And maybe that pressure is there, but for a 23-year-old, he looks like he knows, what he's, I think he's 23. Um, yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing in that car and seems to have a whole lot of confidence in that. Yeah, I yeah no, I I think I think that's that's totally totally true. I I think maybe it's just that he is showing like an ability to handle that pressure well mm. beyond his years. Yeah, I more so than like I think I think the pressure's there, and internally he might be freaking out a bit, but I think he's handling it extremely yeah. extremely well, which is kind of a surprise because this is the first time in his career that he's really had a car capable of winning a title, mm -hmm. and he again has not put a foot wrong. Um, a foot wrong the the entire season so it, it, it's been it's been a great great year for max and it would be incredible to see him uh see him pull that off that's kind of that's kind of all i got for uh for kind of chatting up the uh the end of the season here any other points you want uh daniel ricardo just keep pushing that's what we need to to you know just generally speaking what daniel ricardo do yes <laughs> generally speaking daniel ricardo always always push on we have seen i mean i mean yeah no let's let's get into the uh as far as the the title fight that's kind of all i had mm -hmm. but i mean ferrari and mclaren has been like a joy like it, the midfield yeah. has been kind of sketchy the last couple of years like i don't know i wasn't really a fan of racing point last year and their you know pink mercedes and the you know stolen brake ducks and all the all this stuff i just i, I like checo but i yeah, i just wasn't a big fan i mean ferrari and mclaren like the two fallen titans of the sport like both coming back and and making these huge strides and then this battle for for third place i think mclaren's up by three and a half points right now i hate that i keep having to say half points because of that stupid race and or race <laughs> um but yeah, no, up by four points right now. Ferrari's latest upgrade package looks like it's made them the quicker team. Um, you know, uh, Carlos Sainz has been, you know, almost every bit as good as Charles Leclerc this year, which was a huge surprise to me. Daniel Ricciardo's coming into his own as as Lando Norris has kind of slipped back into, mm. you know, what we thought he was. Like, uh, just, yeah, thoughts on that battle. I know I just kind of rambled. Over no, it's it's got so many different elements. And, and um these four guys are are pretty familiar with each other um obviously daniel you know has had his his past with uh news and carlos were together right and so those two are, are, are pretty familiar with each other um obviously carlos has you know raised for mclaren as well too which makes that very interesting so he's got you know his his uh friendship that we saw with lando and carlando yeah and and yeah carlando and look yeah, um, you're right. This thing has been back and well, it feels like it's becoming a lot more back and forth, right? I mean, it feels like Ferrari is putting the press, the, the full court press on 
Lando has not been as good recently, has not looked as quick ever since he had that slip up, uh, both literally and figuratively. He has, you know, he has taken a step back. Now, this was what I was waiting to see from Ricardo all season long. He seems like he's driving at his best. And this is, you know, this is the hard part about F1 is that, look, when you go to a new team, like Daniel Ricardo is going to have to, even adjusting to new cars, this can be what his third car and, and next year will be his fourth car that he's been in, in a really short period of time. Obviously, going from Red Bull to then Renault, and then now Renault to McLaren, and I mean, next year's car is basically a different car, yeah. right? So it's it's a completely different change. They've been driving in some simulators, so we'll see how it ends up looking like. But but the the thing the the point you made about the upgrade package, I mean, uh, Ferrari is finding some speed. They're finding some speed, and they're putting a hell of a lot of pressure on. And for I'm not sure if you felt like this, but to start of the season, I, I didn't think we'd see Ferrari this high. Charlotte Claire seems like he's been, you know, handling things well. And Carlos, much like Daniel, seems like he's really been handling the car well as of late. Yeah. I mean, he just seems to be finding that rhythm. And Carlos guys... seemed to adapt to the new car quicker than than Daniel did. And there's right. a million reasons that, you know, that could be the McLaren might just be, a, you know, a trickier car to get a handle on. But, yeah, I was really impressed with how quickly Carlos got because Carlos mm. and, and, and uh, Leclerc have been neck and neck pretty much yeah. the whole year. And, and also, and I, and I think you back Daniel, like at Spa, Spa was kind of the moment. I know they didn't get to actually run the race, but Spa was where it seemed like in qualifying, Daniel really found himself. And obviously the results have followed. He's done a really good job since then. So, um, yeah, I mean, this this is, you know, if you want the constructors fight, this is the constructors fight right here. This is This is the one to watch. And it's really important, both these teams. Obviously, Ferrari sees himself as the top of the table type team, right? That's kind of the goal, mm-hmm. but... It, for them, it's baby steps, right? You got you got to find, you got to be second before you can get. To, or you got to be third before you get to second. You got to be second before you get to first. It's not going to be. That's how it works one, in the sport. Yeah. yeah in, in Formula One, we really should not say fourth to first. So yeah, um, I expect this to be the talk about dogfight. This is the dogfight that involves more cars. So this one's maybe the more compelling one, and obviously, we think we think it's going to be a bit cl- more clear, uh, kind of in terms of space away from from Lewis and Max towards the front. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but I mean that another thing about F1, it's like we, you know, okay. I think Ferrari is going to, you know, Ferrari has the advantage going into the end of the season. And like, that's always when like, Oh, McLaren tweaked something in their arrow. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they found like four tenths at, you know, in <laughs> Mexico and all of a sudden they're right back in there. Like right. it's just, it's just kind of the way it goes, but it, it's that battle on the first lap at, Oh, in Austin was gorgeous, incredible, gorgeous, compelling stuff. I mean, back and forth. Those guys were, I mean, they didn't I, I even know who it was. It was like, like at one point, I think like Ricardo passed, passed somebody. He, he thought it was Leclerc. It was signs or, or vice versa. They think there was one point where thought he got passed Daniel by Lando, in, but it, yeah, yeah. Daniel slipped into a spot where he was behind Lando and couldn't clear Lando to get ahead of, I think it was Charlotte Claire. I call it science. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, exactly. It was just a blood, had no idea. And red, like, I thought they were going to burn their tires out in the first lap. Those guys are pushing that thing to the limit on the first lap. I don't know how they, didn't, how they didn't make contact. Right. Like, like I don't know. And they the, did later on in the race. Yeah. But the, the fact that all of them, like, finished, it right. was just, like, felt like a, a huge win. That was, like, I mean, yeah. Lewis Hamilton took took the lead off the straightaway going into turn one. Max damn near, like, puts him into the wall trying to cover him off. And that was like by far not the most exciting part right. of the first lap. The first, right. like it, it was it. I could not take my eyes off of that battle. Like the cameras are fixated in, on that battle as Lewis and Max are, are you know, are yeah. going off ahead. 
Um, so that that's just it's been incredible. Ho- I like I'm really hoping that next year is we have no idea what's going to shake out with the new regulations, but I'm hoping, I mean, if we can get like, you know, dream scenario, like if we have like three, maybe four teams fighting for a title, like, I don't even know what mm. that looks like, you know, like right. I'm, I'm not really old enough to, to even remember that. Like, it, it's just, you do, do you think crazy. it's, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of the situations where it allows us to dream, right? It kind yeah. of allows us to dream, but in reality, do we really think we're going to get no. three or four to, I mean, I, I hope we get somebody pushing Mercedes next year, but uh, like once again, like, they just feel like the team that like, even though the rules switch, they seem to be the ones that always adapt well. And they've, and they've been the ones, they were the first team to, to really start putting in significant work on the 2022 regulations mm-hmm. because they had such a massive advantage that they were, that they, they were basically able to kind of give up on, 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 you know, upgrading their current wild. stuff. I, it's crazy to think about that in, that in this sport with, with some of the best engineering minds in the world that like they are just so much more efficiently run that they got to, you know, stop trying early and just put in, it was like we saw Devin Haas. Devin I was Haas, about to say, <laughs> question mark from Haas. They have been working on 2022 all year. They haven't put an ounce of work into this 2021 car. So all that has been going into 2022. Who knows how much uh, the problem is they still have Nikita Mazepin driving for them. That is the issue, right? Now you hold on. Can I ask you a question? You guys seem to have uh, you guys. I love I love the segments where you guys talk about Mazepin. So what is? Can you explain your all's fascination with him? Because I'm also fascinated with Nikita Mazepin. It's it's. I mean, and it's like I don't know. I feel I feel like we're like beating a dead horse, so we try to not get on it too much. But it's just like the the, the world is fascinated by Nikita Mazepin. It's he's he is the just like poster child for like a someone hateable in motorsport or in in sports in general like mm-hmm. he you know Lance Stroll used to kind of be that you know like oh daddy's daddy's money right. bought him the seed at Williams but he he showed a lot to prove that he he deserved to be there and now you know we can really see that and maybe Mazepin will get to that level but as of now like he he did not perform well at the lower levels before he got this F1 seat. There's just like replacing like Roman Grosjean with Nikita Mazepin is just like the biggest downgrade. There was the Instagram video of him like, you know, groping that woman without her consent that like, you know, I, I don't know what happened. They he's you know, they've claimed that like they're friends and she was fine with it. I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not one of the people that's out here saying like, he's a sexual assaulter. Yeah. Right, yeah, but predator, yeah. Optics of it were not great. He never, he never like gave anything like remotely an apology. It's anything resembling an apology. Uh, he also has Instagram videos out of him driving like 200 kilometers an hour on public roads, you know, in, in, in his hypercar or whatever, like, and uh, he, I'm pretty sure he punched uh, Callum Illett like in like the ff2 after a race after for a crash that was his and this fault. is all into addition to the fact that he is an awful, awful driver yes he is an, he's, he's, this is just the extra stuff um he's an awful driver he found his form a little bit in the middle of the season because it was like every single week he was spinning out and causing massive issues he he did have a decent stretch where it was like hey it's been like three races since we've like had since he's like spun out in hilarious fashion you know like there because there was one race i can't remember what it was where he he literally did not complete a lap the whole weekend, like a fr- you know, practice sessions he did. 
qualifying, he spun out and crashed out in the first lap and then crashed out in the first lap of the race. So he, the man did not do one meaningful lap for you qualifying or the race. Like he's, he's just kind of asking for it at that point. And it doesn't help that he's paired next to Mick Schumacher, who's like, we all want to love, you mm-hmm. know? So we've got Haas and we want to make fun of them, but we don't want to make fun of Mick Schumacher. So, okay. Right. Who's his teammate? That guy, that guy. He also is very guilty of racing people when he's getting lapped. Like that is, oh yeah. Uh, whether he's consciously doing it or not, because I sometimes wonder if he's like just too dumb to get out of the way. Uh, it seems like he has a big problem with racing people towards, <laughs> like when they're when they're lapping. So we we briefly touched on this like a long time ago, but I, I was saying part of it's like on his engineer. Like, because the, the, like, like they're supposed to be telling them, like giving them these updates, of like so-and-so this far behind this, this is coming up like, like constantly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the details of their relationship, but it's like, there's been times where like guys are coming up on Mazepin and he has no idea. And then he got on his radio and was even like, you gotta effing tell, tell me, me like when someone's coming up and I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like I, I make fun of the guy, but like that, like, All right. that doesn't So I'll like give him a pass like, in that category then. Yeah, but everything else I think is is, is totally deserved. Again, like I, 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 he just he just doesn't. I, I, I'm not saying that he's you know is what a lot of people on the internet say he is. You know, regarding the sexual assault stuff. But mm-hmm. I will say that I'm confident that he's just not a very good guy. He just yeah. doesn't seem like that's a fair. Guy. That seems like a fair assessment. And his dad's a a Russian billionaire, which for an American podcast, you know, like just you know that those words just. And just I will say, like, you made the Lance Lance Stroll comparison. Um, like I don't love that Lance is an F1. I don't think he's a bad dude. I I I like I think he's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I think he, I think I would think he, he seems like a nice kid. Um, he seems very aware of how he got here, right? He is he has made illusions. He's like, Yes, I know why I'm here. And um, I also to your point, think the fact that he's really good in the like he's known to be a really great driver in the wet, you know, shows like, hey, when all hell breaks loose. This young kid seems to be a calming and steady force. Um, so much so that I've mentioned the Formula One video game, which I actually think is somewhat of a, an informative tool if you're a newer fan. Uh, they make it to where Lance Stroll is always very good in the wet. You, really? We're not going to pass I've him never noticed because I'm usually quit. I'm usually retiring from the race about three <laughs> laps in, and then I, I'm not bothering to check the score. <laughs> No, it's it's a good point about the video game too. Though uh, I've I've had like friends that are that are just getting into the sport that you know are, are like asking me a bunch of questions about like you know what what assist should I be using? What should I be doing for this and this? Mm-hmm. Like should I get a wheel? And it's like yeah, no, just like start off with what you're comfortable with. Um, and it's a good way to kind of like learn the in- intricacies, and then you just you know remove the yeah. Assist I will, that game is on. really good actually. Like in in terms of like tire strategy and that stuff, I mean the game is very accurate. The game is is really spot on, and also. If you want to learn the tracks, it's an excellent tool oh, yeah. for helping. That's where it's really helped me going yes. into every weekend. I know like Zanvoort, like they hadn't raced there yet. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to, but they hadn't been able to, but I've been playing the games for the last few years. And so I, I, I knew that track inside and out. And and, I and the one thing I knew it, about it, I was, I was like, that's going to be awesome. Cause yeah. I, I'm a sucker for the bank curves. I'm, I'm a oh, sucker for those. It's awesome. It's, it's anything it's, that lets me uh, get away with breaking a little late, you know, yeah, the turning. exactly. It helps me out there on, yeah. on the turn. But yeah, I mean, as an, as a NASCAR guy first, you know, before <laughs> uh, the, the bank curves is a special place in my heart. No, completely agreed. And, and I know back to, to stroll just briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's, he's been, I, I think Lance stroll, like the biggest, uh, 
distinction between him and Mazepin for me is that Lance Stroll is seems like he's trying really hard and doing everything in his power to prove that like he deserves his spot despite of the advantages that he acknowledges he had to get there like mm-hmm. he's he's kind he's personable he try you know it doesn't always come off as well as as it, yeah. he thinks it does but he's always trying to like joke around and, and you know like let people into like his personal life mm-hmm. and he's like i i know i know that maybe i shouldn't have been here when i was but hey i'm here now and i'm doing everything to prove you know that i that i should be here now and right. mazapin is doing the complete opposite and it's just he's like I don't, I don't care if you don't think I should be here. Like, like it's, it's, I'm the only one that matters, you know, like me. And I me feel and like Lawrence Stroll should be, I feel like Lawrence Stroll would be perfect. Like if you wanted really the evil dad son combo, I feel like Lawrence Stroll would be a great dad for Keenan Mazepin because he does the evil dad, like evil business center thing so well. It's, I love it. I love it's, it. It's he hilarious. was on the um oh man, what was it? I think it was just the the like F one, the official like F one Beyond the Grid podcast. I can't remember who mm-hmm. hosts that. Um, um, but it's a it's a great series. They get a, a lot of really really good guys, and then they had they had uh, Lauren Stroll on. So I listened to it when I was driving to the beach a couple weeks ago. I mean, he he seems like a nice guy, but like everything he says, it's down to like how deep his voice is. That dude is a killer. Like yeah. maybe not literally. I'm not saying he's a murderer. I'm saying right now business wise, that man is a killer. Like, and you can see it too in the in the show when he's like, "You got me for for ten minutes," yeah. and it's like, "Yeah, that, that's that's what that he's dude, like." Yeah. Impress me in ten minutes. There, you know, that kind of guy. He he knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, he started off like I get. He used to work for like Tommy Hilfiger, mm. and 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 then so he got like approached to be a sponsor for an F one team back in the day, and that was like his first his first like experience getting in there. But he's he's always been into um into cars and stuff. But it was great. Like down to it, he wouldn't even say tommy hilfiger because they're a they're they're affiliated with mercedes now so like mm. in this interview he wasn't Penny. like he was he was just saying like a uh an apparel company you know that i worked for <laughs> back in the day and then the host like mentioned it and it was like yeah but like i mean down to a t like he, that dude knows what he's doing he's a he's a killer yeah. i don't know anything about uh, Maz- uh vladimir mazapin or oh, whatever, i don't even know what, what lauren stroll does i i, I don't even know what company does yeah i'm sure vladimir mazapin is involved in some 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 uh Roman Abramovich again type, Russian type billionaire I don't know man oligarchs you, you don't get you don't get to that level in Russia without being in cahoots with the most powerful people in Russia a lot of whom probably not great guys you know we got a lot of guys guys that aren't great guys here in America too <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to say you know I'm not trying to turn this into like you're an Russia you know red scare your thing Stan, your favorite Stan Kroenke one of them yeah, exactly. I had to explain that to somebody uh, yesterday for why um, uh, my girlfriend is as trying to be a Jaguars fan and and then is now depressed every Sunday <laughs> when I'm at work and she's just texting me like they just got too too many men on the field penalties back to back and fourteen guys in the field. Yeah, yeah. Kind of so you know that's yeah. It's Stan Kroenke. You know we got some bad guys here, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, Lawrence Stroll. I, uh, I I prefer. So that's that's my my whole stroll. The Strolls versus the Mazapins. Mm-hmm. Um, the that's what a great feud. What a great. That's my uh, rich take. Money, yeah. Rich money Formula One feud. I would watch a show about just them. Honestly, if somebody was 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 willing, I will. To make I will it. say I have enjoyed how Aston Martin has not done well this year. I'm not sure if it makes me kind of a dick, but like I I do enjoy the fact that Aston Martin is not performing as well. Um, the pink Mercedes thing did it, it might have bothered me a bit more than it bothered some other people. So to kind of see them have to take a step back this year, yeah, uh, and kind of scrap with Alpine, that made me feel a little better. 
and this is something that I've completely changed my opinion on in the last couple of years, but when it happened, I felt the same way about Daniel Ricardo when he went to Renault and was struggling. Um, and like, I, man, like I think Christian Horner did kind of like swindle me a little bit on like my opinion with, but like, mm. I, I think it's like kind of, uh, he did kind of run from the run from the fight with Max. But as, as time's gone on, I have kind of accepted that like, man, I don't think they were ever going to really give him another shot. They, they, they were all in on Max and I think that's how it was going to be. So like, I honestly kind of credit him for getting out you know, earlier, but at the time when he was still in a top tier car and then leaving because he didn't want, you know, he didn't like that. His teammate was also really good. Seemed like kind of a punk move. So I liked seeing him get take down, taken down a peg that year. Um, and that's kind of the same feeling I have with Aston Martin. It's like, I, I do like these guys. I actually really like them. Like I like the, you know, the, the drivers, I, I like Lawrence Stroll. Like I like, I kind of like everything. Like, I like more, Aston more, Martin, the name, nice the brand. Love, love me. Love me. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, like I love it, but this year, yeah. To, like take them down. If they're not going to be like really up there fighting for like third place, then just, it's just kind of okay to have them like slumping down in like mediocrity this season, like Stroll, Stroll's normally like an agent of chaos. He's kind of the one that comes out when things get wet or, you know, crazy. He pulls out like a P3 or P4. You're like, mm -hmm. all right. Um, he hasn't done that this year. He's really struggled uh, like at Monza, which is like traditionally a good track for him. So we just haven't haven't really seen that from Aston Martin this year. And the, the only bad part about that for me is that I, I, I don't know how much Vettel has left in him. And I'd really like to see him... Um, get a get a shot to be competitive again it's like i i don't want this to turn into like a kimmy raikkonen situation mm. um where you know it's just great to have him on the grid telling everyone to pick up their trash after the race you know doing his environmental work but like he's not a factor at all like we see him getting to uh you know get into q2 and we're like yay sebastian like that's not what right. i want for him yeah i think you're i think you're right on this i think i think you're right on this and that's that's the challenge with this too is like you know, do we want Fernando Alonso and do we want Sebastian Vettel and do we want Kimi Raikkonen? You know, Valtteri is nowhere near those guys' status, but, you know, what's Valtteri going to look like in Alfa Romeo? I mean, probably the same that, you know, that, that, that Kimi looks like in Alfa Romeo. Maybe yeah. he'd better off to start, but probably in the end, not much better. Now, obviously, we don't know with the, with the new upgrades next year. But... And hopefully, and Alfa Romeo has been hopefully on a good trajectory. Yeah, they, they've they got one of the, yeah. like, newest newest wind tunnel facilities. Like, they, that Sauber team has put a lot of, it seems to be back on track now after just being, like, a disaster. So, that car hopefully should be better next year. But Right, but you always wonder with kind of those more independent groups. Yeah. What's going to happen with them. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's, like, have you enjoyed watching Fernando Alonso? I mean, he was it. He was in the mix. He was in the mix on 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 Sunday in oh, Austin. Yeah. He was he was you know. Well, and uh, then in in Turkey when he just barreled through the the styrofoam, whatever the the fancy word they have for him is, the bollards or something. I don't yes. know. Is that a yeah? Like no, he's I, I love Fernando, and he's been com he's been competitive enough. Like it's that's the yeah. level where like Vett Vettel and Alonso are kind of at right now, and I'm fine with that. I just don't want him to see. I don't want to see them get to to that next level where like, I think we also forget Vettel's best result this year grid. was Vettel's best result this year was wiped out by. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think not having enough, uh, not having enough fuel to, for the right. sample. And that was, was that hungry? I think I forget he finished. I think two, it was hungry. 
yeah. I, 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 he finished second and he yeah. was on the podium yeah and they and they, yeah. and they wiped out he was also in the mix at uh at baku um he was battling with leclerc i think he might have gotten a p3 there mm-hmm. it was three or four um so yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Vettel get a get a, get another shot. Um, interesting note as far as Alfa Romeo, um, there were all those talks of the uh, uh, Andretti takeover possibly happening. Mm. Um, those have since kind of been squashed, unfortunately, because it was sounding like there was like a like a good chance this was going to happen. And I mean, American fans were losing their minds at like, oh, like okay, so like they're gonna they're gonna bring over Colton Herta from indycar and like he doesn't technically have enough super license points but he is eligible for an exemption if they want to get one like people were like throwing all these scenarios together for like oh my god we're gonna have like a a real american team now with this investment and then it was like apparently sauber the sauber team um i can't remember what the uh the like determining detail was but there was some part of the deal where they wanted like continued a, a, a certain amount of money down and a certain amount of guaranteed continued investment throughout the next five years or something and something in that um was too much for for Andretti, so that is looking dead, unfortunately. Because I will. That is one a of those problem. People. We need an American. You know, Haas is an American team, but like we mentioned, we have a sort of Russian. Their livery is basically now a Russian flag, though. <laughs> right. I mean, this is this is they're not an American team. Mazepin can't can't race. He is an independent driver from Russia, not a right. Russian driver this year. So right. they put a Russian flag on the front wing of the vehicle, and they are owned by a large part by a, a Russian and I would not be surprised if 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 they take over complete ownership so I right. I, I I always root for Haas because they're American do they feel American to you anymore like no no not at all it's, it doesn't fit an American yeah. team and you know it's I mean I don't know what's going to feel American um I will say like I think to me like any rooting American interest goes I see your cat is your cat yeah. don't like to join the podcast? Love that. Um, I, I feel like Zach Brown almost is like the most American thing in the I, I completely agree. I love and, him. And that's why I find myself rooting for McLaren pretty often is because I like Zach Brown. Zach Brown and Daniel Ricardo like somehow are right. like my like right. American cowboy tandem in this sport. Right. Like, and, and that's and that's great. I love it. And and also like having like obviously having a name like Zach Brown, uh, you know, is you know kind of makes it somewhat yeah. semi-American synonymous. And you mentioned it too, like Daniel Ricardo wearing the you know Texas Longhorn, um, the, the yeah, doing his his interviews yeah. in an American accent right. or you know what Learned. he thinks is an American accent. They're more American than than Haas feels at this point. A hundred percent, yeah. No, it, it, it's not even close. All the all the you know, touching little like Americanness about Haas is gone. And then yeah, so that that deal falling apart kind of uh, kind of stunk. There's, I would love to see an American driver um, in F1. I, it's just there are so many talented drivers that lose their seats in F1 for various reasons, you know, politics, et cetera, that are out of their hands, money, um, that it's, you know, you can't, you can't rush it. And that's where the Andretti thing felt like it could have all come together because mm. especially with like the super license exemption, like they give exemptions when they know it's going to benefit everybody and a team that just saw what happened in Austin and what happened and saw all of the pre-sale tickets already sold out after the first session for Miami next year. They're talking about potentially doing a third race in America. Like they know that there's, there's this market is being tapped right now and that there is that you can get people on board. And I think it would have been the easiest thing in the world to get him that exemption if people wanted it done. And I think if, if they wanted Colton Herta or, or an American in that seat, Colton Herta is the only one for, for next year that would have been possible or in two years. 
they could have made it happen because they know that that the demand is here for an American driver like that. So it'll be interesting to see if we maybe get an American driver in the next few years simply because someone wants to have an American driver for like marketing opportunities and all that. It's like how like Checo, I mean, he's a, he's a great driver, he deserves a seat, but he's all, he was gonna always going to have a place because of right. all the sponsorship money he brought in. So I was curious if there's maybe a similar thing for an American. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes, I mean, that's what makes Formula One so fascinating, right? Is that you don't really see that in NASCAR. Um, maybe to some extent you do. Obviously, like Dale Earnhardt Jr. probably never had to worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> you getting yeah. a seat, you know what I mean? Um, but that it matters. There's so also much so more. many more cars on the grid in NASCAR. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you can but it be matters so much less more involved. Now. Yeah, exactly. Here it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a soap opera, like as much as it is like a sport sometimes you know which is great yeah it's 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 (laughs) why it's why we've all gotten you know so so invested in it so yeah nascar is interesting i saw that who was it uh the 11 car and the 48 car denny Denny hamlin it was denny hamlin and i think um there's someone named petty there's no richard (laughs) petty's on the track uh no it was him it was denny hamlin being petty i think was the (laughs) he was being petty was what everybody was saying. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, that's what okay. everybody was saying Petty, but it, yeah, he was getting into it yesterday. I forgot what it was. Yeah, the uh, the the like nose to nose uh rage burnout um was in Martinsville yesterday, yeah. Yeah, was <laughs> incredible. Um I I I had to watch it like ten times and I was like, This 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 was real? Like this this wasn't <laughs> this felt like it was like some manufactured like something that would have been manufactured, but it 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 wasn't. It was just guys were really, really doing that. So um, that's that's the uh, the most um, excited I've been about NASCAR um, ever. Um, probably was watching that <laughs> that video. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I forget who it, he was. It was with. Um, oh, he was mad at Alex Bowman. Uh, it was Alex. Yeah, never Bowman heard of he was, him. He's mad at. But we're down to the final four now. It's uh, Chase Elliott, Danny Hamlin, Martin Truex, and Kyle Larson. So those four are going to fight for the NASCAR championship. Yeah, it's you know working on Sundays. I gotta I gotta pick my battles. What to uh what to try to watch on my phone and and NFL you know usually wins out at least until until the Steelers season inevitably collapses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you know we'll 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 see what happens. But you know they it seems like the Steelers season is probably going to outlast NASCAR uh, NASCAR this time. I did uh you know uh, Talladega is in our I'm uh, not Talladega um Daytona is in our uh, our viewing area. So I've been down to a. Uh, was it Volusia County? Yeah, Volusia County. I've been down there uh, a couple of times. I'm driving past that like blew my mind. I don't know if you've ever seen Daytona International Speedway. I've I've always seen it on television. Yeah, I've never actually been. It is. I mean, I grew up going to Beaver Stadium. You know, my like having season tickets to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, like I kind of ruined every other stadium for me for a while because it was just underwhelming compared to that. And and then Daytona did to beaver stadium what beaver stadium did to other stadiums for me like i it it like it's it's incredible if you if you ever get the opportunity to come down like it, it it's it's nuts i i don't even know what else to say. i'm it, looking it, at it right bigger now bigger than you think it is like it looks massive watch it seeing it in like in person is just and that's just kind of racetracks in general like but but that that whole grandstand is is just absolutely my i have i have a question i wanted to ask you if you can go to if you go to one f1 track what would it be Oh, so I, wow. Very, uh, on point question here because I, like brief story. I was in the pre-sale for Miami tickets because, you know, I live in Florida. Um, really wanted to do that. Didn't care that they were price gouging everyone brutally, but I will mention it here. 
price gouging badly. What was it? What was the... So what I will say is that for the price of one weekend ticket for the turn 18 grandstand, which is the one I wanted, not the most expensive ticket. Um, I think it was second or third most expensive, but middle of the pack for the same price as one ticket for the weekend. I can fly to Belgium and back and go to a race at spot. So that's what I'm now looking into as an alternative because the pre-sale, I was in the second pre-sale window and I got an email after the first window later that night being like, sorry, they're all sold out. I was like, why'd you have three pre-sale windows? If only one's going to, you know, like, like demand was crazy. And part of that is you had to have an access code that they told you when it was your window. And they, sorry, this is just my rant here. Um, and I thought it was like a unique one-time code that they would give to each person's email address that was signed up. Apparently there were some codes going around that just anyone could use to access those tickets. So I think there were people that didn't even sign up for the presale that were getting them. Regardless, I can't go to Miami. Um, I was willing to pay the ridiculous prices, but I can't. So I'm thinking, um, I might be going to Belgium next year. It's just like spa is spa or Silverstone, right? Like, but, and both, both places, uh, likely to get rained on all weekend. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's, it's spa for me. They just, the history there. Um, yeah, that just, that, 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 that track is just holds a special place. Like it's be, before I really knew about other tracks, like you knew about, I knew about spa, you know, like a mm. Rouge, that whole run up into rain mm. like it's, it's, it's just iconic. Is there what, anything else on your list? Uh, Monza. I, just because I think the speed fascinates me. Yeah, simple them, speed. Yeah, seeing them go that that fast would be, I think, really awesome. And Montreal is nearby, and it's Montreal, and it's it's a nice time of year to go. If they ever, if it ever happens again, if it ever happens again, yes. Yeah, uh, Montreal, and then I'd say Monza. That that track's interesting to me. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce it because um, I can't I can't do French. Um, but yeah, that track fascinates me. It, it feels like it has like it has like a few elements of like of of like Monza. I haven't looked into like the the layout of the track or like the the history of it and what they, I know like Circuit of the Americas. They took pieces from like Suzuka and they like modeled it at, modeled it after other tracks. I don't know the history of the um, the one in Montreal, but it's yeah, it's it's got some some really interesting elements there. Um, it's kind of a shame, yeah, that we haven't haven't gotten to see it because that's normally a normally an yeah. exciting an exciting weekend. You sure you don't want to uh, go to Qatar? That's not the, the track you'd... You know, I might as well hit the big three, right? You might... Well, because here's the thing. So in this, in the Saudi Arabia... Well, Saudi Arabia... In the Middle Eastern universe, it's Saudi, Qatar, Abu Dhabi, Baku, I guess we count as... Middle, is that Middle East, technically? I think Azerbaijan? so. Yeah. Uh, I, geographically, I don't think it's right there, but... It's like I, I feel like it's pretty close because I think it's what is it near Turkey? I don't know. I thought it was near Turkey. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, because right, they've been they've um, had some also some crazy wars. Uh, and then what is the one they start off with every single year? I'm totally spacing. Oh, um, it's um Bahrain, Bahrain, Bahrain. Right? Yeah, Bahrain yeah. is yeah. I would uh those those are all cross offs. Um, Sochi's a cro- cross off. Wouldn't wouldn't do that one either. I feel like those six be cross-offs the zanvort i will say looked like a big party this year so i would oh, submit yeah. i submit that one i'm not sure if you saw this but after the race was over they had tiesto drive around on this massive red bull rig and he was he was just he was just spinning beats 
on the back of a truck and all the fans were there. Obviously Dutch fans were there partying after the race. It was, it was pretty awesome. That seems like something that should have happened in, in America, but instead we got Shaq in a longhorn <laughs> truck or whatever the heck that was like, great. I, I don't, I don't know him being like as tall as, as, as Lewis on the, him having to duck and, yeah. was, was hilarious. The meme, the memes were great. From that. No, they just wrote themselves. I, I, I like that. He, he had no idea what to do. He presented the trophy. Um, presented the trophy and then normally whoever does that you you present it and then you walk off and he got caught in between of not knowing what to do after and then at a certain point it had been too long so he couldn't just walk off in the middle of the following thing that was happening so he just had to stand there awkwardly was it the anthem, the the anthem? oh no it's, it's after the anthem isn't it it was i think it was after the anthems yeah yeah, yeah. after after the anthems like presents the trophy and then they, they just do all the, yeah, kind of like, I, I, you know, the announcers talking and then they're doing like some celebration stuff. And Shaq was like, I, I think supposed to walk off, but he didn't. So then he was just like standing there looking around. Was he like, caught in the sure middle of the, of the, I, I think he got say, off before the champagne. I think, I think that champagne. was his, that was his cue. There was a, there was some camera cuts where he could walk off without it being totally awkward. The champagne thing. I'm not sure what your, what your thoughts are. On Is that. it the greatest thing in sports? The, the music. The music is, is the best un- thing. Unbelievable. And the fact that it's all like the worst part, the worst times to watch it are when it's three guys from this, uh, two guys in the same team, plus their engineer, plus one of the engineers from that team. Mm. And then it's one guy from a different team. That's always the worst. I like it when it is three guys from three separate teams and, you know, an engineer up there too. The dynamics are always, they're always so fun to watch. Well, just getting anyone who, anyone who has like a rare podium, like where it's like a real accomplishment. And that's the thing about like, the other thing I love about F1 is that it's not just about who wins the race. You can find excitement in like somebody finishing P3 when they have no business being P3 because it rained and there were a bunch of crashes. And then, you know, they, they were on a good strategy and there was a badly timed safety car. And then you end up with, you know, Lance Stroll on a podium. And it's like, you can just like feel the excitement, like coming from his face. Like you can feel it watching that guy get soaked with champagne. And like, even with like Daniel Ricardo, like it'd been so long. Well, not so long, but you know, like a year since he had a podium, but you know, they didn't know when that was going to come, if it was going to come with McLaren and then he wins the race and like, and everyone that was, that's my exception to like the, you know, him and, and Lando and, and, you know, their guys up there. Doing yeah. That's, the shoey, that's, that's like, but if it's like Daniel Ricardo Valtteri changes and, the whole podium. If it's Valtteri and their engineer, then... No, I don't want to watch that ever, ever again. Just like, you know, casually, like no, mm-hmm. no emotion spraying champagne on each other. Like they know the drill, like they know to mm-hmm. not, you know, don't spray it in my eye. Like, no, I, I want Shoeys. Yeah. I want Shoeys every I week. want Shoeys and just guys getting like drenched that have never been showered with champagne like that in their life. It just, uh, yeah, with that music playing, it is, it, it feels so absurd. Like, and yeah, that's oh. what I love about it. My dad hates it. He's like, this is the most ridiculous. Thing. Like you, you got to see the beauty. Of it. It's ridiculous. But why, like, why would you, why would you dislike it though? There's no, no there's no, it, it's, it's hilarious. That. Like when I show that to people, like it's the, uh, like, yeah, Ricardo's podium, like was like the, like, you know, I recorded that like on a Snapchat and sent it to people. I'm just like totally normal sport here. Like nothing, nothing to see. This is like, it, it, it's absurd. Like. Oh man, it's it, when golfers like have to like you know like 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 take their pants off and are like hitting from like in the in the river <laughs> as there's like a crocodile next to them, you know, like normal sport here, nothing to see. Like it, it's just there's certain moments that take you out of like this like intense competition and just remind mm-hmm. you 
how absurd it all is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I absolutely love the, uh, the, the, the podium process and all, all, all of that stuff. All right. That's, uh, that's kind of all, uh, all we had. We, uh, touched on, uh, you know, basically everything more of a, a free flowing <laughs> conversation than, uh, than, than you're used to. We'll still, uh, get you guys a, a race recap, um, from us and a little preview, um, from Brazil before I let you go, Josh, uh, one take who, who's going to win the title? Max. 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 All right. I'm uh, I'm team Max as well. I always have been. Yeah. All right. We will catch you guys next time. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Yankshaft F1. Follow him on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. I believe is it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. We'll catch you guys next week.